You're listening to the Counting Lights Podcast with Chris Dubinay and Dan Danzy. Counting Lights Podcast, where comedy and wrestling lock up. And we're back with the Counting Lights Podcast. Bam. How's it going? We're live on location right here at the Comedy Arena in McKinney, just like last year. That's right. Got done with our show last night. Um, How do you think think it went, Chris? I think it was uh, was a terrific crowd, and uh, I think think everybody on the show did a really great job. It was. It was surprisingly, uh, and I say surprisingly because we weren't expecting it, but uh, a packed room last night. I mean, we never expect packed rooms. Of course we don't. Or anything like that, but when it happens, it's extra nice, and when the audience is awesome. And then we got a, a lovely surprise from Nigel Rabin and Brittany Houtland. That was a really nice surprise showing up for the show here in McKinney, Texas. Yeah, they didn't even tell us they were coming. Nope. So when they, they came, my face, complete, our faces just lit up. Complete and total surprise. I like it here in McKinney. I don't like the Ace Hardware, but I like it here in McKinney. <laughs> we had to go pick up a little uh, piece of hardware for... Uh, for my tripod, so I can do some recording and and uh, it's they, one of the hottest days of the year in the did, Ace Hardware. They decided not to turn the air conditioners on today. They left the door wide open. Uh, there might have been air conditioning. I don't know. Uh, I don't think so. I couldn't feel it, but I just don't understand the the reasoning. Beautiful downtown McKinney, Texas, ladies and gentlemen. Was that Ace Hardware? Is that I, technically I, downtown? I, I believe that is Ace Hardware, and it is in downtown McKinney. I just don't understand wanting to cook your not. customers. I don't know at what point of capitalism I when they teach you. Uh, I think they're trying to make enough money they can get a new air conditioner. Maybe they're selling air conditioners <laughs> over at that Ace Hardware. <laughs> and they're just like, I see, we wouldn't have these problems if this air conditioner <laughs> was <blown." laughs> You can walk out of here, Brandon, spank a new air conditioner right now. We're not even using it. Oh, shit. <laughs> so uh, it's a weekend of comedy, Dan. We, yeah. Uh, so we're doing our second night here in, at the uh, Comedy Arena. In downtown McKinney. Downtown McKinney, very, very nice. Our opener, Bridget Tooley, absolute monster. Doing, you need to go check out Bridget Tooley if you haven't checked out Bridget Tooley. Like in, in, in a couple, like five years. Yeah, she's going to be an animal. She's going to be farther off than, than I am. I don't know about you, Chris, but she's going to be farther off than I am. She is, Hopefully uh, in five years I'm going to be in the U.K. She is definitely killing it. She is. And just a nice addition to have uh, in this lineup. She, like 20 years old? 20 years old. Oh, my God. Yeah, she started around. Well, I started uh, at 18 just like she did, and she, she is she, leaps and bounds better than me at 20 than I was. She's going to be incredible when I'm dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like for me, when I was 20... I don't know if I had a funny joke. I had the bang bus joke, and that was it. Oh, that was like my only. Still doing that, that one. That's Yeah. a good joke. It's the best joke I've written in the 16 years. <laughs> uh, that was pulled, the only joke I had there I pulled for a while. Out, I pulled out some old ones last night, but they went you over. You did. Man, yeah. this dude, this dude last night had some applause breaks, and uh, I could see it in your face. You were was, enjoying every was, fucking was, second was, of it. I was, very, I was very happy with the set last night. Uh, and, but, of course, it's the it's the torturous thing about comedy. You always feel like, well, it could always be better. Yeah, oh you know yeah. what I'm saying? And oh it's, yeah. It's that constant improvement that you're always looking for, to improve the joke, to cut words out, to you know, to get to the funny quicker. You know, quit fucking around, get to the funny. <clears throat> I don't know what we're expecting though. Like every time we have like really good sets, but we're not happy enough with it. And I don't know what we're expecting. Marry my daughter? Or, I don't know. You know? Yeah, it, it, like, it tortures me because I enjoy it when I'm up there and then I get off and I'm like, oh, I could have done this better. Yeah. I you know, you, and and God forbid the torturous thing about actually having to listen to a set or watch a video. Mm-hmm. And you're like, God damn, I could have done, oh, if I would have just like, if I would have paused a little bit here. Yeah. I would, you know, it's just. I think I said diaphragm last night instead of diagram. <laughs> that was one thing. Diaphragm and diagram, two totally different words. Jesus, everybody who listens to this podcast knows I'm a mush mouth as it is. <laughs> what? <laughs> everybody that, can, that listens to this podcast knows I fuck up words constantly. <laughs> but you notice things like that. Yeah. I don't notice what I say right. I only notice, like, this punchline works. And I said this word wrong, and I put this joke out of order, and and it's I'm never happy. Well, two things, Dan. Did it get a laugh? And, it did. And did the check clear? Uh, we'll see tonight. <laughs> it better. Yeah, we'll see Tuesday. No. When, yeah. Uh, if you if you're a comedian, you've never performed at uh, comedy arena, 
at all. I, I, I highly recommend it. It's a nice place, nice establishment, nice venue, nice staff, nice Incredible. location. Always feel so welcome here. The Vaughn, crowds buy merch. Vaughn uh, is just so great. Vaughn so, and Jared, both of them. Yeah, both of them. Just terrific guys. Yeah. And, uh, they you run, know. and they run a, a great uh, a great uh, uh, comedy uh, club here. Yeah. And uh, some the, great improv the drinks classes. are great and the food's great and it's so it's I like a, I like a, I like ownership that uh, where I feel comfortable in that I'm not going to get fired. Like I like ownership that will let me try things. As long as I run it by them. Yeah. They'll they'll let me try things. There's uh there's a few that don't. There's a lot that don't. <laughs> and it's it's a miracle to find an owner that's just like, "Hey, you know, go up there, play around, you know? Yeah, have just some have fun." fun. All right. You know, oh, well, can I comment on this? Because I've been asking, I've been asking the owners, hey, because Roe v. Wade got overturned, so I, and it's July Fourth weekend, so I'm like, hey, is this a hot button issue? Should I not touch it? Oh no, no, go ahead. Well, go ahead. That was a good joke last night, by the way. It has to be at, yeah. at this point because it's so new. Anything involving involving Roe v. Wade uh, at this point right now, you got to make it self-deprecation. You got to make you got to make a joke. That's completely, completely not right. around not the belief, right, exactly. you know? Uh, I, and I, I think that's something that comics don't do now. Like when something's new, like a school shooting or just whatever. I hate to say school shooting, but you know what I mean. Sure. It's hard to make jokes about it when it just happens. Yeah, or the political, you know, gas, but, gas prices. But you and, can you know, still make a joke. Yeah. You just got to find that middle ground. And that middle ground to what I do now is just or, making fun of or myself. Or what is completely opposite of what the crowd is thinking. Oh, yeah. 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 Because, yeah. like, everybody, especially when it comes to something political, because the audience member sits there and they think, well, I believe this. And now, all of a sudden, they think they're the only person with that belief in the room. Right. They don't know how many people in the room also share that belief or have that opposite belief, but they want to feel like they're the only person in the room. Yeah, it's You definitely can split a crowd pretty yeah. easily if yeah. you go one way or the other. So. That's why I always tell people, just self-deprecate. No one no one hates making fun of yourself, taking a, a, a situation today and spinning it to where it insults you. Well, God great. knows I've taken that advice. I mean, last night, though, you were... Okay. You well, you had a better set than I did. It was, uh, it was my first real feature set. Yep. Um, I've done pretty close to 20 minutes before, but uh, uh, it was it gave me time to uh, be c- conscious about the crowd and yep. where their laughs were going, and not have having to shove the next joke down their throat. Mm-hmm. You know, give them time to laugh and pause, and you get to the point where you're like, "All right, am I pausing too much?" Yeah, yeah. You know, I saw you last night. Last night, you were uh, for one of the very first times I've seen you. You were experiencing. Uh, adapting to rhythm and how the the audience laughter flow like you were you were finally learning like that oh like this is why this, this is what it's like to be up on stage for this long and this right. is how the audience exactly. is exactly because that 5 10 15 minute mark you're just trying to sell the audience on you yeah all right well now they're sold on you and now you have 10 15 minutes left mm-hmm. so now you experience the rhythm of your joke telling where your pauses come in, all that. I saw you working on that last night. really enjoyable. You you kept to, it calm. I can't wait to do it again tonight. Uh, you did not have deer in the headlights look. You were just Thank like. Thank God, because sometimes you think, oh, no, oh no, there's, I, I, I can feel them sensing it. <laughs> I think, but no, but I think it worked out. I think the wrestling worked out for you in that circumstance because it's not like I was asking you to take care of another human being right, and make at the sure. Same time. That they didn't leave hurt, you know. I think in wrestling, someone slips, a neck gets broken. Yeah, somebody else fucks up. Yeah, yeah. in comedy, someone slips onto the next show. Well, you know, the uh, (laughs) old old adage, the way I was taught in the wrestling business is that um, slow down. Mm -hmm. If you think you're going too slow, Mm -hmm. slow down. Yeah. So, you know, take your time, work the crowd, let the crowd get a concept of what you're doing and because if you go too fast it does they're like oh, oh well they don't they don't even have time to contemplate the joke they're laughing at yeah and you're on to the next joke so. i definitely felt uh, at the beginning of my set last night uh the first six minutes of it i was like i'm going too fast this is six minutes i'm like right. i'm going too fast because i look up at the clock you're and watching I, that clock i got 24 minutes left and i'm like i'm pretty sure i've told like five jokes right now i need to slow this shit down and i noticed uh 
um, I kind of took a break and, and then came back in, and uh, you were on to a joke that you'd normally start your set with. Which one? Um, oh, the bank buster. Oh, yeah. yeah okay, so. And you did that later I in your set. I did that near the end. So, I, and I'm, I think the crowd was really warmed up, so it really hit yeah, yeah, hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, that's why I yeah. did it. Because I, I had it, I, I was just like, okay, I got my closer, but I want to do two jokes before my closer. I didn't want to do bang bus, but I was like, oh, okay, I'll do bang bus. Because it's like, it's on its way out of the yeah, set. You, you know, it's such a good joke. It's on its, it's, on its farewell joke. tour. It's, 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 I've had it for 16 years. Well, I can't believe bang bus lasted lo- <laughs> as long as the joke did. Well, some of them are like, bang bus, that seems a little, Mm-hmm. You know, but most people know what it is. Even right. the people sure that don't do. like applaud to it. Oh, yeah. Of course. I've, I've learned 16 years Believe out of me. telling that joke. Believe me, it's it's still on new porn. Yeah, no, yes. but more people know about that site than <laughs> that, who admits it. <laughs> That's one thing I've learned in the yeah, 16 years. Even if years. they're in their 30s, they remember it from when they were in their 20s. Yeah, because it's been around long <laughs> enough. Yes. I remember when we thought it was real, like the girls right. were just really stranded, and we would just be like, I can't believe they do that to them. And then, of course, you'd fap it out, because it's still porn. Sure. But, yeah. <laughs> oh, they're actresses. And, and then wow. you see the same girl in 40 other yeah. porns. Right. It's like, wow, she does a little bit of everything. She's right. a nanny, a real estate. <laughs> uh, a real estate agent. A real estate agent, a pizza. She, <laughs> yeah. No, I, finding out honestly, uh, uh, finding out Bang Bus was fake was more depressing oh, and impactful than finding out wrestling, wrestling was fake. <laughs> you're like, okay, wrestling's fake, but surely this Bang Bus now fake wrestling is, real. is more like, you know, hey, we signed Logan Paul, and it's just like, uh, oh, okay, geez. yeah, y'all are definitely uh, uh, fake. So should we talk about that? Sure, why not? Because I'm done. After that, I'm done. Yeah, I, I told Dan. Dan got in the car yesterday to come up here to do our uh, to do our show here at McKinney. And I uh, was like, well, you saw the uh, sign Logan Paul, mm-hmm. right? He's like, yeah, I'm done with WWE. Because, like, all right, Chris, if we're going to sign Logan Paul, hey, why not we sign? Let's sign a singer at this point. Let's sign a professional singer and have them wrestle. Oh, wait, they did that. Bad Bunny. Okay, okay, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got an even better idea. I got an even better What if we take an actor, no wrestling experience, and then we give them a WrestleMania match? Oh, wait, they did that. Johnny Knoxville. Uh, they they did, did, yeah. did that, yeah. Did that in, o- in 01 with uh, Arquette. Yeah, yeah, David Arquette. Yeah, no. Uh, Made yeah. him the champion. Mm-hmm. I think, didn't, hasn't Carl Malone had a wrestling match? Yes. Carl Malone's yes. had a wrestling match. The mailman. But no one goes back to those WCW days of David Arquette and Carl Malone and Dennis Rodman and goes, you know, those were the big days of WCW. Right, right. No one says that. No, no. It's absolutely. just, I don't know, man. I don't know how I re- I, I don't know how to react. I saw him wrestle at WrestleMania, and for the most part, as far as a celebrity in a match was concerned, it was good. But do I want to see that program multiple times a year? No. 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 Well, I don't know. Who knows? He's, I'll tell you what, the kid's an athlete. Sure. Sure. And, but, you know, if you are if you were a YouTube star he from the time out. you were a fetus, you got time to do whatever you want with your life. So, I don't know. We know the motherfucker doesn't need the money. I mean, I just don't understand why his fake boxing gig is, uh, I don't know why he can't just stay in there. That is professional wrestling in in and of itself. You're not doing wrestling moves, but the, well, but the, the, the ending's predetermined. Listen, a boxer will beat the shit out of you, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. But his, his fights are predetermined. Of course. I'm sorry. Oh, well. They're you def- really want to impress me, Logan Paul, fight a, a Waffle House employee. <laughs> That'll impress me. Until then, it's like, oh, a washed-up UFC guy. It's right. just like, well, I don't know. There are just some, time, there's some matches I watch where I'm just like, this looks a lot like wrestling. This looks oh, a lot, yeah. you know. Absolutely. Well, there's definitely they t- definitely take in pieces from the pro wrestling industry. Mm-hmm. And apply, and so has MMA for that matter. Sure. You know, MMA definitely took the pay per view format, and, and the and the way that uh, you know you 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 see like uh, what what some of the MMA guys are doing, and what uh, like uh, uh, Tyson Fury's doing in boxing, and and yeah, they're taking the entertainment part of what pro wrestling has added to sports in general. Sure. And, uh, and they're taking a formula that's worked since the 50s mm-hmm. 
and they're they're putting it into place where they should. And of course, you know, guys like Muhammad Ali did that shit, you know, back in the sixties and seventies. I'm the greatest of all time. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? And the problem, though, is rest, pro wrestling is getting left in the rear view mirror. So are you, are you listeners that are just pro WWE, you don't like AEW, you don't like New Japan, you don't like, you know, you don't like going to local promote, whatever. Okay, so I can see why, okay, why, why go see the lesser product when I can watch the big product at home? The problem is those things you don't like are going to be where professional wrestling is sure because WWE is not professional wrestling anymore. No, it's not. I mean, we're signing Logan Paul. Where it is, it is definitely, it is definitely just an entertainment product. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's, it, it's, uh, it, the, you know, when the changes started being made in the eighties, and we thought, oh, well, and in New York, even back in the seventies, the New York was still considered a little cartoony. Sure. You know, there were, I mean, of course, they had guys like Andre the Giant, which was really an event when Andre came to your territory. Yeah. And, uh, it, but they had him all the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he was you know, a he sight. Was on, he, he was, was a, a sight. sight. To see. Exactly. Yeah. And so you knew it was going to be. But the dude could work. And, you, yeah, especially when he was young and he could mm-hmm. move. And then, even into his 40s when he was doing the angle with Hogan. And, but. They, they always, everybody always had a character, and it's one of the reasons that Vince Sr. took the whole idea of the ethnicity of the individual being their, the beginning of their persona, because sure. New York was divided into boroughs of mm-hmm. Italians and, uh, and Hispanics and Germans, and, Germans Russians. and Russians and mm-hmm. Italians and... And well, that's when still, that's when, uh, you know, the uh, the immigration of uh, the United States was more lenient. Oh, oh, oh it was really open, you know. Open. The more, Ellis, Ellis you know. Island was, yeah. you know, give us your poor, your sick, your hungry. Uh, yeah, you know? no, they, were, they had a TJ you know, over there. Then, it was bumping. Then, you know, and then somebody at the bottom of the Statue of Liberty wrote, New Jersey sucks. Yeah, you know? and then, you know, <laughs> all right, we got to close this down, you know. But, no, that was back in the day where it was just like, yeah, come on in. America's a big party. We right. will never we will never close yeah, the doors. And everybody ended up in uh, New York City, and then kind of you know went west, and and so on and so forth. But you didn't work. You didn't. You didn't take someone's ethnicity and make it into a, a gimmick because it was racially involved. No, it was. It, it was, was. You wanted someone to represent a certain and it, portion of New Yorkers, and it gave that. It gave that individual group of of, um, of people that were from another country. Mm-hmm. Who were in a strange land and yeah. were it gave them something to focus on and someone root to cheer for, for and yeah. someone to root for like, hey, that guy is exactly like me. Exactly. And then they take it in and incorporate it into their own personal lives and succeed in that manner, being inspired by the character that they saw. Yeah, and they you know, they had Native Americans mm-hmm. and they had McDaniel, Wahoo McDaniel yeah. and uh, you know, Chief J. Strongbow and then they, you know, and then they had like uh, the uh, guys like the uh, the the Magnificent Eagle mm-hmm. and, uh, and Ivan been, Putsky and there's been like representation of like of all ethnicities and and cultures in pro wrestling whether they've played the bad guy or the or the good guy and you can judge on whether this character should have been bad or good or whatever. Mm. Just back in the day, nothing sold more than sure. Hulk Hogan wearing yeah. an American flag and taking down someone of an. And, 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 and you know, you know Hogan when he first started, it was going by Terry Bollea, sure. and then then uh, he was actually in in L.A. Mm-hmm. and uh, met Lou Ferrigno. Yeah, and they realized, oh my God, Hogan is bigger than Lou Ferrigno, mm-hmm. and that's when he started calling himself the Incredible Hulk. He was. Terry the Hulk Belay. Well, when he came to New York, Vince Jr. said, hey, let's make you Hogan Mm because we need an Italian. I mean, we need an Irishman. So they called him Hogan with the blonde hair and the blue eyes. Mm -hmm. You know, and so, and uh, and it worked. And 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 then that gimmick just totally turned into something that was not Italian. (laughs) (laughs) Or or, 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 uh, Irish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, and that's what wrestled, like a lot to, it seemed like to get over in the 80s and 90s, you had to have an American flag on your back, and you had to beat a foreigner in the ring, right. and then you yes. were just golden. Well, it, uh, we always leaned towards what was going on in history, mm-hmm. 
to uh, to to uh, talk. You know, kind of gave you the the whole uh, good versus evil idea. You yeah, know, the Russian or the uh, during the. Uh, uh, the the Iran uh, the Iran uh, uh, Contra situation yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the, uh, the 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 hostage situation yeah, yeah. back in the late seventies you know during seventy uh, nine mm-hmm. you know uh, one hundred and three days of the hostage situation in Iran and uh, so uh, once again the Iron Sheik man you know was huge and so it was uh, th- but once again. It's always kind of been a bigger show than but it, than I would it was like wrestling to do that nowadays, though, to take what's going on today and make it into something not something as simple as like, oh, let's take the American and have him beat the foreigner. Like, I think WWE dropped the ball massively when the Black Lives Matter protests were happening. All right, now let me finish. Let okay, me finish. I'm, I'm let listening. me finish. They dropped the ball because I feel that they could have made a a faction based on what was happening at that time. With exi- take the New Day, transform them uh, into, into like pro-back Black Lives Matter and just make that statement. Well, you know, you know uh, uh, 10 or 15 years before that, you know, they had the Nation they of had the Domination. Nation. No, nation. That's why so. I was just like, why aren't you doing this? You've uh, done it before. That's a genius idea. It really know, is a genius idea. and they idea. dropped Turn the ball them. on it. That's a, that would have been a, that would have been a great idea, great idea. And they were going through the the pandemic wrestling shows. It, it was it was it no was a audience. Tough time. Yeah, they were holding on to what was working. Now that's the thing. You could have just done that. There's no audience. So now you could portray this faction any and way you wanted to. Maybe you need to. to be up and creative up in there with. Uh, I'd lose my mind, dude. I've I've heard the horror stories. Oh, it's not. You see, fun. I have a good idea like that, it's and then it gets stuff. shot down by an out of touch seventy year old man who can't keep it in well, the pants. You know, or somebody goes, "Oh, that's a little controversial." Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Well, it's pro we, wrestling, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. I would be like, "That's how you guys made all that money in the nineties. Do you remember? <laughs> that? You remember that? Right, exactly. Remember the Katie Vick angle? Are you telling me we can't do stuff? You know." Like we can't top the Katie Vick. Don't get, don't you know? I'm yeah. never gonna try to top Katie Vick because as far as pea brain stupid ideas, that is just mwah, kissing the fingers. Pea brain <laughs> stupid. But you know they dropped the ball on that, and that would have been the perfect time to do it when there's no crowd. And now you can shape that faction and turn it to, hey, do we want it cheered? Do we want it booed? Well, we want it cheered because right. being we don't want to, we don't want to make sure. you, you know, we right, don't want to make right, them right, the bad right, guys. Right. Well, now with no crowd, you can make them. Because wrestling sure. fans, uh, I agree. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna boo. They're gonna figure it. They're out. gonna boo a stable actually, of actually. <laughs> black people telling them they're in the wrong. Well, and nowadays, uh, uh, really, it's funny because you may you may sell something that they, they, they you think's gonna work. Yeah, and the uh, and the crowd tells you they're, whether they're buying it or not buying mm-hmm. it. You know, they who have they done it with? They've done it with you know. They did it with Kurt Angle to start out with. He yeah. was supposed to be great American hero. Yeah, you know, and then I like what they did with Kurt Angle though. That yeah. was great. Kurt Angle comes in as the American hero, but we we, we were just like, no, fuck it. You know, we were at that point. He has to prove himself in the ring. Sure. That's how we've always exactly. been when you bring in these outsiders. Mm-hmm. And he had great ring work, but he was obnoxious, so we booed him. And then he became one of the best heels. And I remember, I remember the story that they told about the first time that he did it. Mm-hmm. He did it, and the crowd, you know, he was like, "Hey, I'm an American hero." Yeah. You know, "Hey, I, I won the gold, and you know, I won the gold for America." And, and people were like, "Oh, you're an asshole." And yeah. he came, he came back. And he said, Vince, I'm so sorry. Vince goes, you're sorry. Your money. Your money, exactly. <laughs> Your money. Well, see, a lot of people, so that was like almost at the post-attitude era. That's the post-Monday Night War uh, right really there. It's right, it's right in the middle of the attitude, right, uh, it, attitude it, era, really. It's like 2000, like, 2000 2001. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. We're, we're, I mean, WCW yeah, right hadn't been bought yet, but WCW is right. on its way eastbound and right. down at yeah. that point. Well, I remember when uh, when Kit and I were still working for WWE, mm-hmm. and, uh, and they were bringing Kurt in, and he was doing dark matches. Yeah. And so that was that was probably 99, 2000. Yeah. Well, he was, you know. if, if you remember that time, he had already made an appearance on ECW before his WWE. That. Yeah, and that was a and nightmare. A lot of people didn't like Kurt Angle for that very reason, for that, WC, for that ECW cameo. Um, I don't remember the circumstances around what had happened, but something, some heat happened. Yeah. Some heat had happened uh, with him and Paul Heyman in the early 
so when they brought Taz in to be his opponent at Royal Rumble, that's why Taz got that big pop. Right. He's like, ah, oh, we're right. continuing. Finally, yeah, the yeah, suplex yeah. machine. Yeah. But uh, I don't think an American hero gimmick was going to work at that no, post-Monday Night it was, War. It was the perfect time for an anti-American hero, yes. No, 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 they got lucky. Yeah, they, they were did. trying to do the, okay, let's do a new American, American hero, and yeah. it didn't work out for the best. And they doubled down on it. And they doubled down on it. That's when it was just, like, so good. And then you, uh, I mean, we mentioned Taz, but you re, you launch a big debut out of Taz. Mm-hmm. I mean, his career didn't go anywhere, really, because of his size. And, like, they didn't get the they didn't get the Taz that they wanted. Well, it's hard because when, you know, he, it was a great gimmick. Taz mm-hmm. has had a great gimmick, and he was perfect for ECW. And he was the monster. But his mileage was Well, when you get in the ring with somebody who is like The Rock or, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody who is really, even even Steve, Steve 6'2". Yeah. You know, you you see him next to Taz, and Taz looks like a very small individual. Yeah, but Taz could just, I mean, you could believe Mm -hmm. he could pick anybody up and slam him, you know? He was just. It was a good gimmick. He had a good gimmick. And, you know, I'll, I'll say. I almost could say that he was better as a commentator than he was oh, a he's a, No, he's yeah. a wonderful commentator. But, like, by the time he got to WWF, I'm going to call it WWF for, okay. because that's oh, yeah. what it was called at right. the time, his mileage had worn down. He, had, sure. I mean, his injuries had started to show yeah, right absolutely. when he walked through the door. So mm-hmm. he put on a couple good matches. I wanted the two that stick out of my mind is that first one with Kurt Angle, but also there's, like, this weird random one where he had the ECW yeah. belt yeah, and he Kurt had the face Triple H. Like no, Kurt no. is not a huge guy. Like he would, he would hover around 200, 210 pounds. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you get in there with guys that are, you know, two sixty, two eighty, three hundred pounds, it makes a huge difference. But he always stayed really lean, or really close to that. Uh, you know that weight he needed to be to mm-hmm. be able to qualify for. Uh, now, was know. anybody was anybody doing the angle slam before Kurt Angle that Olympic slam? Well, that's that's really kind of it's a uh, it's it's kind of a a, um, a little bit like the Samoan slam. Yeah, you yeah, know what I'm it, it does. So. It looks like a Samoan drop, except you're lifting them on the but, other side. Uh, but I th- but I think uh, what really got him over was ankle lock. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, dude, and it, dude, if, it, if it just, like, that's how Ken Shamrock got over for so long. Sure. Like, if you go back and watch Ken Shamrock matches, the dude was really not anything amazing. I'm sorry. He delivered a great belly to belly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he had, he had a cool yeah, ankle lock. He was just lock. a real shooter, and that's what got him over. And that's what, what got over, uh, you know, all the guys from the from the UFC mm-hmm. that, you know, that got in and, and worked for WWE. Is so. there anybody with an ankle lock that didn't get over? Because the angle lock is just a cool-looking submit. Yeah, it well, looks like it hurts. And it's a shoot. And it's a shoot, yeah. It can be. It can yeah. be a shoot. In fact, uh, it's, it's you know, they they almost kind of discouraged the UFC because um, it, it can end a match so quickly, mm-hmm. you know. So it's, uh, it's, and they know, want, you know, they want, they want buy rates. Exactly. They want people tuning in every minute. Exactly. They want, they really, what they really want out of UFC is stand-up work, mm-hmm. you know, that's the thing. So I learned this about UFC. You know, like UFC, and this is for wrestling, they want the consumer to buy the product right before it goes live. So mm-hmm. they, they want people buying the pay-per-view right before 7 o'clock. In UFC, they actually want people buying the pay-per-view in the middle of the pay-per-view. Yes. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Their, their financial strategy is, you know, that's why they make the cards so long, right? Yeah, and there's a lot of preliminary matches mm-hmm. and, and opening stuff to uh, to lead up to it that's televised mm-hmm. and that is free on the cable systems usually. And they want you to buy the the UFC events based on one specific match or group of matches that you're really excited right. for. But that's why Conor those McGregor, things, yeah, yeah. main event stuff. A, a majority, Rousey, a majority yeah. of the UFC pay per view sales come in the middle of the pay-per-view because not everybody wants to watch these sure. long out. Well, so it's, it's like, it's, oh, I yeah, want to see McGregor I agree, fight. I agree with you. And, mm-hmm. and, and we've spent, uh, we've done UFC nights at uh, at uh, uh, Jason Gobert's house. My sure. buddy used to, lives in the neighborhood and, and uh, he's, it's always a fun time and mm-hmm. he always cooks. And But we get it, you know, we start it from the beginning, you know. We're all out there smoking cigars. Yeah. And, you but know, you're not paying beer, attention but to the yeah, No, we're all chit-chatting yeah. until the you know final two or three matches. Mm-hmm. So uh, See, because with UFC, if I miss the first three no, fights, no, huh. I don't care. Right. 
So I'll order the pay-per-view, spend that money, because I am so incensed on watching this McGregor fight or just whoever's in the main event. But with wrestling, I miss those first three matches. Right. I'm not ordering the pay-per-view. I'll just wait until right. the and results. You, and, you may, and you may see something that happens in the first quarter of the show mm -hmm. that maybe has a you know, has something to do with what's going to go on in the very finish at the end of the mm -hmm. show, you know? So, mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. And I, I just found that interesting, that the that UFC, they just want you to just, hey, buy the pay-per-view during the pay-per-view. I thought that was interesting. Uh, I had no idea. Because no, uh, Dana White uh, basically Of course they advertise the shit out of it for months. They do. And, you know. Yeah, that's another reason yeah. you keep on seeing the same, like, promos and vignettes of these upcoming fights yep. is because they want yeah. you know they want you to call your buddy but you but, but I'll agree with you they don't they don't care you know a lot of people don't care about the, anything but the last three or four matches mm -hmm. and I think that's the limit that Vince and Tony Khan have have set because I, I think that's one of the many things that Dana White has over wrestling is because like the, that pay-per-view format yeah Dana White took what Vince did but now look how he's evolved it to where it's like they don't have to buy it at the beginning you know, I'll make them pay full price in the middle of the pay-per-view. Sure. That's genius. Because that's how well, much product I have. Dana White will tell you that he has taken a ton of what Vince McMahon has yeah, done. Yeah, but he'll <laughs> also tell you that Vince McMahon is a crazy person. He will tell you that. <laughs> and he's been in the room with him, believe me. But yeah, he tells that story how he got like on the phone with Vince. I forget what for. And Vince <laughs> is challenging him to like a shirtless WrestleMania match or some <laughs> right. shit. And Dana, Dana White's like, I'm no. It's Here's the difference. Dana White's like, I'm too rich to do that shit. Yeah, he doesn't need to do it. And Vince, is, Vince has probably got more money than Dana White. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, uh, I don't know how long that's going to last. Because with that Logan Paul picture, <laughs> what's really interesting is when there's like, and I didn't realize how much shit he was in, but, you know, right. usually with these big signings of celebrities, you see Vince right there in the picture. Oh, it's, you see how happy that uh, Stephanie and It's like and, I told you yesterday. She's, looked, just, she's just she's just happy like, not discussing her father's affairs. I'm so glad I don't have to talk about my dad. <laughs> and Triple H is just happy to be yeah. relevant and yeah. doing something. Yeah, they, they would sign a chimpanzee if it would take the focus <laughs> off. They would do a press conference signing a chimpanzee. Tomorrow, WWE has signed the chimpanzee yes, from the Imbola yes, Academy. Uh, <laughs> Netflix, the CGI. Oh, okay, I, w I might pay for that pay-per-view. I mean, honestly, that's where I see it going. Like, how, not, how soon before long before we get digital characters would, wrestling it, in a ring? It's eventually going to happen. You know? Because we're going to get to that point where, like, Vince is just like, you know, I'm tired of them wanting independent wrestlers on the right. roster. Yeah. I'm giving them collegiate. You know what? Bring in those Pixar people. That's right. That's right. That's we're going to exactly make characters. Right. That's right. That's why I'm saying love AEW and love all the pro wrestling that's out there because that's the last you're going to see of it right there. If those companies don't survive. Yeah. You're, well, it's definitely going in that direction. And if you're uh, – we talked about something exciting that's – gone on in uh, AEW, the switch of uh, the dinosaur dude. Dude, that's not even the most exciting part. That's just one of the cool things. Because, you know, we were talking, like, and how I've do you... I've said several times that I like that guy's work. Oh, yeah, yeah, What's his name? Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus. Yeah. I kind of wish... Okay, so for those of you who don't know what happened, by the way, Forbidden Door was spectacular. Um, the New Japan AEW pay-per-view, absolutely spectacular. Um, but Christian turned heel on Jungle Boy recently, and then turned Luchasaurus. Now Luchasaurus comes in all black and just destroys his opponents. I'm, I'm interested. I want I'm a name change. Oh, really? I want a name change. If you're going to make him heal, oh, take that Luchasaurus no, stuff but if it, but if it's getting him, but if it's getting him, it's like, you know, it's like when uh, One Man Gang became the Akeem the American Dream I or the African Dream, you know? It's like... I would have loved uh, One Man Gang just do the just to do the a turn and just keep the name and just yeah I would have loved sure. that then sure but with Luchasaurus it's it's just like that Luchasaurus brings in the kids yeah. you know what I mean and if we're gonna make him evil but it's you know the best heels are the biggest baby faces that's true you know? so you know you and who knows he might not even be aligned with Christian for long yeah you you never know which direction it's gonna go and that's uh, but Christian talking about uh, Jungle Boy's dead dad on a on a promo that is just well, give me some more heat so that's good taking I it from love the that real yeah heat. the real deal even though I think it's too far and we should leave dead we should leave dead Luke Perry's out of promos poor Luke Perry 
Poor Luke Perry. <laughs> Poor Jungle Boy. Man, do you know you know how bad that must? I mean, let's. Just, it has to suck. It really does. I can't imagine. As someone who does not have a parent that's able to watch me do stand up, it oh, must right. suck not to have a parent. Because he was usually supportive. Oh yeah, and now you're like on. A, you're not on the biggest stage, but you're on a pretty big is stage, it, and he's not is around. Is it me? I don't know if this is sticking in my mind incorrectly, but. Wasn't Chris Christopherson's son involved in wrestling for some reason? Was Chris Christopherson? I don't know. I want to say that. Are you I... thinking of the guy that played? Are you thinking of Tyler Maine? I don't know. He was Wolver. He was a Sabretooth in the original X Men movie. I don't know. He was a wrestler. Hold on. Does Chris Christopherson? I'm asking Google right now. <laughs> Dan. We can pause while Dan is uh, no, looking up pausing. on the Google here. No, we're not going anywhere. This is live results. Okay. Did well. Chris Christopherson's son wrestle professionally? Uh, big country Jody Christopherson, the 24-year-old Jody Christopherson, made his all-pro wrestling debut on August 15th with his family having driven up from Southern California to see their kin in action. I don't know what, co- uh, what company he was with. I don't know what company. Let me see. Southern I always, California. I would I would think that's PWG. I always get him confused with Jungle Boy and you know the whole you know I did uh, not famous even, dad thing. I did yeah. not know Chris Christopherson's son was wrestling. Yeah, but I don't this know is, why that sticks in my head. Southern California. It's probably PWG yeah, yeah. Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Yeah. But I wonder if he's any good. I don't know. That's a good question. Have those? Have Jungle Boy? And Jody Christofferson, that's his name? That's his name. Have them be a tag team right there and call it Dead Dad Society. Boom. <laughs> is Chris Christofferson even dead? I don't even know. No, he's still is he alive, not, is, If they're not in Holy a movie, if shit. I don't see him in a movie. He's trying to kill Chris Christofferson, If I man. don't see him in a movie within five years, Chris, I just assume that <laughs> you, they're you passed away. he's a singer-songwriter, too. Is he? Yes, you don't know that? You don't know that Well, Chris he's Christof- not. I mean, I don't, I'm not jamming out on Chris Christofferson. Oh, he's not an actor? You, you, yeah, well, he was a, he was a singer songwriter first. He wrote uh, Me and Bobby McGee in the 60s. I thought that was uh, uh, Janis Joplin. I thought that he was Joplin. for Janis Joplin. See, these people need to stop writing songs like for other people. You're not to, getting the I credit. Mean, gosh, you know, Sunday morning coming down. He wrote that song. Uh, I don't know what that's about. Oh, it's a great fucking song. Man. That sounds Chris like it's about a hunt- he was hangover. He was Highwayman with uh, Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson. Yep, yep, yep. So, cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Dan doesn't know Chris Christopherson's a singer-songwriter. I didn't know. He well, was in the first Stars Born. He was in the, uh, the one with the... With Does it look like I watched the fucking I'm remake? Sorry, to the <laughs> no, the, not the remake, the original. Does it look like I would watch with the original? The, with the fucking, with the Jew chick. <laughs> that's how to get, that's how to... Oh, yeah, that. <laughs> What's her name? Um, again, <laughs> that actress with the nose. That actress with the nose. You know. uh, friggin' from Dirty Dancing? No. <laughs> Jennifer. No. Before uh, that. Before that. The, the Barbara, Barbara Streisand. Okay, Barbara Streisand's the one with the nose. Right. But what, Funny Girl? No, 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 no. Yentl? A Star is Born. Yes, yeah, same girl. Okay. A Star is Born. The original one from the 70s. I mean, I didn't see. I Never didn't. One, I, didn't, I, did not know, I did not anyway. know there was anyway. an original. Okay. First of all, I thought Star was born with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. No. I was like, finally, Hollywood right. no, thought no, no, of no. something original, Jesus, and nope, no. they did not. No, okay. in fact, the one in the 70s was a remake from one in the 40s. God. <laughs> There's no original idea. You know, someone made me. Anymore. I, Come on. I did not know there was an origi- There was a, a remake of The Blob. The remake came out in 1988, and I had to watch it to uh, to be a part of another podcast. I was like a guest. You're, you're thinking of the thing, I think. No, 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 the Blob. Oh, There's okay. a 1988 remake okay. of the Blob, and there it's was a remake in the 80s of the thing. Oh yeah, and both are terrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The thing was a good. That was John Carpenter, right? The thing. Was yeah. it the John Carpenter? Yeah. I don't know. I'm gonna have to go back and uh, actually like. Oh, there's people yelling at us listening to this. Podcast I have to rewatch right. the thing. <laughs> But I know the blob was. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't get scared when it's just oh, like well, it's, it's the blob. I think it was a good quality <laughs> movie, though. Just give me some Charmin paper towels, and I got that blob taken care You're of. Gonna clean it up. I'm gonna clean it up. Just give me some Fabuloso, a mop. I got this. <laughs> oh, what? He's in the movie theater. I got this. Just send me in with my cleaning supplies, and I'll uh, take care of it. One of the greatest. Uh, one of the greatest uh, horror movies uh, when I was a kid was uh, 
It was an old one that I used to watch on TV called The Tingler. Mm. Remember The Tingler? No, it Vincent sounds. Price. Is it? Is it? Is it? Vincent Price yeah. plays a priest. The tingler, it's the Tingler. <laughs> scream, scream for your life. Uh, Vincent Price <laughs> plays a Hollywood exec. <laughs> it's the Tingler. You had to scream to keep the Tingler away. That that sounds. Yeah. And they used to, and they actually, when it was in the theaters, they actually rigged. Uh, electronic shocks into some of the seats. So yeah. They, they let the and in one scene the tingler actually gets uh gets uh escapes and gets into a movie theater in the movie and you see Vincent Price Price comes in and goes Okay, that is pretty yeah, terrifying. And they fucking Cuz Vincent yeah. Price's voice was terrifying the and tingler, Vincent Price looked tingler. terrifying. <laughs> Scream, scream for your life. But, you know, they had this ride in Disney World. Where you, you were talking about the, like, electronics that shock and stuff. They have this ride at Disney World that Steven Spielberg and, I want to say, Lucas created. Where, I can't remember what it's called. But it's like an alien. Like you're, It's a, it's like a, one of those rides, experience type of rides. Mm. This is the only way I can... Like the new Star Wars stuff. But it's, mm. Yeah, it's not a roller where coaster. Yeah, where it's kind of where, where the... Uh, where the uh, the seats move, but it but it's but it's everything is projected oh, on television and stuff. And the and the premise the is great. You're helping a like futuristic company, and you're gonna go see one of their displays I of aliens. Those. I love those. So you're all sitting around in a circle, and there's this like glass tube with a prosthetic alien in it. All of a sudden, they have some malfunction. Lights go out. You hear glass break. So it's all sound effects sure. and practical effects. Uh-huh. So yeah, you feel air breathing on your yeah, neck, that's, yeah. and it's completely yeah, in the dark. Yeah, we rode those when we were in California. Woo! They need to make those. Are if good. movie that's theaters did more of that stuff, th- I think tingler, movie theaters. The tingler. <laughs> movie theaters would survive. Scream for your life. By the way, have you seen Top Gun Maverick? I've not. I've got to see this. Apparently. Apparently, it's a very, very good movie. I I never cared for the for the first Top Gun. So the kid who plays the star, or the <laughs> the kid adult, who plays the plays star, he's a kid to me. Uh, he's in his thirties, but uh, so the guy who plays the the the, the new star uh, who plays the so there's Tom Cruise and a in a, a son and the son of uh, Goose, the son of Tom Cruise. No, the son of Goose is. The I don't know who Goose, Goose is. Goose was his partner that got killed in the first movie. Well, thanks movie, for the right? spoilers. Oh, you haven't seen the first movie? I, when I was little, I watched parts oh, okay. of it, but yeah. honestly... Anyway, that dude is in a uh, show that's on um, Paramount Prime called The Offer, and it's all about the making of The Godfather. Okay. And it's about the producers and how they actually had to make The Godfather and how they had to involve themselves in the mafia to be able to make this movie. That sounds like a pain it in the ass. It was a great, it's a great fucking It's a great, <laughs> it's a great show. You won't catch course, me on that Of course, that's one of my favorite movies. I love yeah, yeah. movies, so. You like The Godfather? You I like the sequels? I love The Godfather, Godfather, Godfather 1, Godfather, th- or Godfather 1, Godfather 2, great movies, Godfather 3, eh. Eh. That's usually what I yeah. hear, but I'm hearing this Top Gun, like, so I'm hearing pe- from people that hated the original Top Gun, that just didn't like it. This is the greatest How movie. How can you? Okay. Greatest movie ever made. Here's, here, well, here's the how theory. How can you? Here's maybe because the, the maybe because the, the overmasculated <laughs> volleyball scene so, in the first movie. So have, have you heard the theory that? And it's a great theory. Look it up on the online. It's a theory that the entire first Top Gun movie is very uh, homosexually based. Yes. Because they're all like yes, like. Like he has no interest in the girl at first, and yes. then like, like they're all fucking like running around with their shirts off. That's literally like, what I picked up out of the volleyball like scene. I don't know. <laughs> that five-minute like, volleyball this is scene, very yeah. Homoerotic. Yeah, you know, you're right. And the volleyball scene is very sweaty. <laughs> Lots of male nipple. Lots of dudes right. doing back massages yeah. and just like that '80s music. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, we never got That's that. That's why before. I'm just saying when someone's like Top Gun Maverick will change your life, I'm like, wait, the franchise with the volleyball scene. Right. That <laughs> I have not seen it. I've not seen it. I just not that Tom Cruise puts out bad movies. I'm just not a Tom Cruise fan. I'm, I I've become slowly be- 
become a I was a huge Tom Cruise fan in the 80s sure and uh, but uh, as the the crazier he got the more I was like the more you found out about Ooh. him let's not call him crazy I mean he's crazy but the more you found out about yeah, like him like when he started you know, fighting on morning shows with morning show hosts mm-hmm. about opinions on uh, or just yeah, I know. I uh, uh, and then I, and then and then of course the the uh, the documentaries all came out about Scientology. And yeah, like, oh, and then Leah Remini's. Shit, Have you right? seen Leah Remini's? Of course, Jeez. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you the more like, we, the more you like, learned about Tom Cruise. Like when he was dating Katie Holmes, the impression I got was like she had a ball and chain all around her uh, ankle. I feel the exact same. And way. like Hollywood forced her mm-hmm. to they, marry like, him. Shopping for a bride he was dating uh, beautiful women for very short amount of time mm-hmm. and they were like well it was almost like they were putting them together and going well that doesn't work yeah and then Cause, yeah because a lot of hollywood they uh, you know they're in scientology sure. a lot of the execs uh, and stuff are, yeah. there's a lot of arranged shit that yeah, goes freak, on in it, la it freaked me out when i heard that the uh, large amount of the cast of the 70 show were, were scientology yeah and, uh, you know, it was like, whoa, whoa, Jesus, really? Well, so Scientology, I heard Lema, Leah, uh, Leah Remini, uh, just because she was going on like a, a, a book, to, not book tour, but, you know, going around to the, sure. the, the shows talking right, about her right. documentary. And it's got this great, like Scientology has this great opening, like, pitch, mm-hmm. you know, that it's all science-based. Well, and there's some science and, and fiction and in and there. It's very, uh, it's very, uh, Positive attitude, yeah. and, and the, which is the so the beginning of it, the the, the 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 beginning when you first get into it, it seems very very focused and hey, you know it's all up to you mm-hmm. and you know like oh we got this yes. little machine that will read your <laughs> now that you're like, I mean there's no but there's like a lot of like science you fiction hold the tin to cans it. and you know like for me as a nerd but when they start getting they want to find out mm-hmm. when they want to find out. Uh, you know what your inside secrets are. What's your what's your most embarrassing secret? Well, they're getting that shit so they could fucking lock you in. Mm-hmm. And when you fuck up, they're gonna like, hey, we're gonna tell everybody that you know, that you know. One of Steve Martin's your, your, last comedies. Your aunt took your virginity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of uh, one like of several Steve, times. One of Steve Martin's last comedies. It has Eddie Murphy in it, but uh, it go it dives deep into that, or it kind of plays off the, the Scientology religion in that movie. It's called Bowfinger. Oh and yeah, I remember have that you seen that movie? Yes, yes. It's a great movie. So for those of you who haven't seen Bowfinger, Steve Martin is a, a struggling screenwriter, uh, director, mm-hmm. and he finally makes his movie. And he's going to put Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy, who's the biggest actor in the world, he's going to get Eddie Murphy in his movie without Eddie Murphy knowing it. And Eddie Murphy's character is in the Scientology. Finds like a doppelganger, right? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. But Eddie Murphy's in the Scientology thing. If you've never, if you don't really know what that life is like, go watch that movie because uh, Eddie Murphy and Steve Martin... They were like, yeah, no, we did our... chuckly, chuckly way. Yeah, the writers of that movie were like, no, we did our research. They really control the celebrities' lives and shit. Yeah, it's weird. It's very weird. But that's, like, if it's not Scientology out in L.A., it's this studio or that studio or just, Yeah, it's all about control and... Mm Mm-hmm. Like, they will. They will, like, Hollywood agents will put young starlings together. Like, oh, that, you know... Well, they've done it. They've done it since the 30s. Mm Mm-hmm. Like you guys think, like do you guys think Tom Holland and Zendaya, like that was just a chance? I don't meet even up? know who those people are. Oh, that's 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 Spider Man and that's uh, uh, Mary Jane oh, in the okay, Spider Man right, movies. Right, right, right. Oh, what a coincidence! Those two just start dating. Come on now, right, it's right. it's to get you to go see Spider Man, <laughs> and then when they, watch when they are done with their contracts for those Spider Man movies, all of a sudden they're gonna break up. Yeah, because that's what that's what it is. That's what the Hollywood. Product that's what wants. That's what the machine mm-hmm. needs. That's, that's I don't want to. Yeah. I mean, that's why I tell. I was like, that's why I tell young comics, don't go over there. Just create content, put it on the internet. Well, that's thank God that we have that now. Mm-hmm. You know, because bef- God we have it now. But thank God for podcasting. God. We can just get more people to listen. It was always heartbreaking <laughs> to see a comic go to Los Angeles and then come back smelling like warped. Yes, and they smelling like. I mean, it's it's it's, and I hate to say it, it's just like. It didn't work out. 
Yeah. We all know it didn't work out. Right. But they always come back acting like it worked out. It worked out. Right. Like, oh, oh, well, they need uh, to they need to feature uh, me and headline me. I've been out to L.A. Yeah, well, uh, I not... came back because my parents are sick. Yeah. <laughs> the only person, the only person who did not do that shit, and this is why I love that man till this day, is Ross Day. Oh, Ross Day. You weren't, you weren't. <laughs> I wasn't around You weren't Ross around Day, for this. When Ross Day so, went to L.A. Ross Day went to L.A. We had a roast, all right? To send him off to L.A. At Dallas Comedy House, when Dallas Comedy House was at the first location, we had a roast, and it was great. And he was in L.A. for about a month. You know, I'm going to say two or three months. Okay. And he comes back, and I'm, and you know, I'm hearing like, oh, Ross is back. So I'm about to see him at the mic. I'm like, man, he's going to be, I hope he's not a total asshole. Because, like, Ross sure, did some good happens, things. right. But Ross did some good things. So Ross did the Burbank Comedy Club contest. He took second. He shook hands with a bunch of people, you know. But he just ran out of finances to live sure. in L.A. It was he was staying, I don't, I think he was staying at the YMCA or something like that. So he comes back, and uh, I was like, hey, Ross, how was it? And I'm expecting to hear, like, bullshit. Oh, it was great. Uh, and, so. and he turns around, and he has a glass of red wine, and he's just like, <laughs> nah, it's uh, fucked up over there. And he, <laughs> he took a sip, and he walked away. I was like, yes. Uh, Ross is Ross the most Day. honest person you, about himself, about you, just how it is over there. If you're in DFW, you get a chance to go see Ross Day on a oh, yeah, stand-up show. Go see him. Very funny. Hard he's to follow. I will say that. He's very hard to follow. And, uh, and there's nothing funnier than Ross and his dirty comedy. But if you ever catch yourself, if you're listening to this and uh, you've missed our weekend in McKinney. Yes, come see us. Go to thecomedyarena.com. Bookmark it. Follow them on Facebook. Follow them all over social media. That way, next time me and Chris do have a weekend, you can come and see us right here at the Comedy Arena uh, in McKinney. And uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We're uh, it's past seven o'clock. We gotta get yeah. show ready. Yeah, let's wrap this up. We gotta get show ready. So on Twitter, check us out. Give us a follow on Twitter at counting underscore lights. Uh, go to facebook.com slash podcast. Give us a like and follow. Uh, and go follow us on YouTube. Subscribe to us on YouTube and TikTok, Counting Lights Podcast. And, of course, you can always just send us an email. We'll talk about whatever you want to talk about in the wrestling comedy world. Just send us an email at countinglightspodcast at gmail.com. Hey, guys, thank you so much for listening, well, watching the TikTok, getting those listens in. Thank you so much. And we got plenty of stand-up, plenty of live wrestling shows coming your way as the year progresses. But uh, that has been another episode of the Counting Lights Podcast. He's Chris Germany. That's Dan Danzy. And this is the Counting Lights Podcast. We're comedy and wrestling. Locker.